Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, including yours. Send them to ouramericanstories.com. They're some of our favorites. Up next, pastor and author James E. Ward Jr. came to national prominence after Jacob Blake Jr. was shot during an incident involving the Kenosha, Wisconsin police. What made his response so unique was his call to prayer, peace, healing, and forgiveness. In his book, Zero Victim, Overcoming Injustice with a New Attitude, James Ward tells his story as a zero-victim black American. 
Here's James Ward talking about two other African-Americans in U.S. history who inspired his zero-victim mentality. I like researching historical figures to see if there were any other zero-victim thinkers in history, especially in the, in the African-American community. And um, one of the, the great zero-victim thinkers in American history is Booker T. Washington, who, of course, uh, became the first president of Tuskegee University. And um, I, I like his, his, his writings. Um, for example, you know, Up From Slavery is a well-known, you know, writing of Booker T. Washington. And as early as 1901, he was communicating what I call a zero-victim message, speaking to blacks in the South who had experienced tremendous victimization. You're still talking about the era's era of blacks not being considered full human beings. You're still talking about blacks being subject to, you know, Jim Crow laws and the effects of slavery and racism that were, were very, very pervasive in the South and, and um, was, was overt. You know, these things were, it was a way of life. And yet during that time, Booker T. Washington was encouraging blacks in the South to not be victims, to not see themselves as victims, that despite the injustice that they were dealing with on a daily basis and historically, in my words, he was encouraging them to overcome injustice with a new attitude. And he, be, he began to explain, uh, for example, to blacks in the South who were uh, working in the cotton fields, who were working on the, the sugar plantations, who were working the tobacco plantations. He was reminding the blacks during that time, listen, that even though slavery has been difficult, you have the intellectual property of commerce. It was the blacks in, South on, in the South on those plantations that literally knew how to grow tobacco and sugarcane and cotton. He tried to, to explain to them and to teach them. And this is where you see this really fleshed out in Tuskegee University with his overall vision for the school. But he was on this campaign to teach blacks in the South that were industrious how they could use their intellectual capability and the knowledge that they had gained from slavery to be empowered economically, that they really understood, let's just say, the, the, the basis of how to drive the economy in the South. And Booker T would take that message even to the, the pastors in the black churches. And you read from some of his writings that he was, he was oftentimes rejected and scolded by the black pastors for not taking a much more aggressive stance about slavery and the injustice that they were dealing with. But he was not dismissive of that, but he was talking about a new mindset. He was really trying to encourage them to engage. And he was asking the pastors to actually help teach what I call now a zero victim mindset to people during that time. And so I like his, his perspective. In some situations, it was not well received, but then we see the effect of a great university, which is Tuskegee University, uh, coming out of that way of thinking. Even his successor, Robert Moden, they continued this track where they were really calling blacks to be empowered with this zero victim mindset, teaching them um, how to engage economically with industry, how to use their hands and their work experience, how to not be a victim, how to be overcomers and to not be overcome by the, the circumstances that they were dealing with to help black America really rise up into prominence and um, for us to enhance uh, the quality of living for, for black American people. And so I, I appreciate his voice and his writings. 
I see so many remnants of zero victim thinking in the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. going through the civil rights movements in the 60s, calling for nonviolence, calling for peace, really using a biblical foundation concerning what justice is. He attempted, although not a perfect man, he wasn't flawless in any way, but I really think he did a great job of helping to lead our nation in what I call a zero victim perspective of not seeing you know, himself as a victim, but really speaking and calling for biblical justice and not just a cultural perspective of justice, but really calling for, for justice from God's perspective based upon the truth of God's word. And so I like to say that Dr. King was also a predecessor in the zero victim thinking, you know, in the zero victim school of thought. And um, I tell folks today, Dr. King had a dream, but we have a vision now. We really want to see and we can use his mode of thinking and facing off with some of the things that we're dealing with today with some of the socio-political and racial challenges that we see in America. I still think that there's there's tremendous benefit in the, the mindset of a Booker T. Washington and a, a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in dealing with some of the, the challenges that we're facing off with in today's society. And a great job on the editing and production of that piece by Greg Hengler. And a special thanks to James Ward. His book, Zero Victim, Overcoming Injustice with a New Attitude, is available on Amazon and all the usual suspects. And it's great and fun to listen to a, to a hero talk about his heroes. And by the way, none of these people are perfect people. We always have to say that because too often in this world, we're judging people by their flaws and not by what they've overcome and what they've contributed. And this is a real failure in American life right now to judge a person by their worst day. It's a terrible thing. And my goodness, look up Booker T. Washington, his life. My goodness, we need to know more and have more stories told about him. And the same with Reverend King. You can call him Dr. King, but always remember, he was a reverend and he loved the Bible and the Lord. The stories of MLK and Booker T. Washington, as told by James E. Ward here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about just about everything here on the show. And this next story, it's all about the tow truck. Here's Monty Montgomery. They get us out of ditches. They're on call 24-7 to assist us on some of our worst days. They can also be an unhappy sight for people who forget to pay their bills or how to park. I'm of course talking about the tow truck, a machine that we often forget the importance of. But behind the wheel of these trucks are men and women dedicated to what they do. The tow truck industry is is a 24-7 industry. You know, if someone's broke down at 3 a.m., 
someone needs to come out and get them. It's very similar to the first responders. They, they kind of go hand in hand with that. Um, they're very close with that community also. You know, because if you, if you think, if you see a wreck on the highway, what are the three things you see? You see the ambulance, you see a fire truck, and then you see a tow truck. These guys are very dedicated to the people that they serve. They want to be out there and they, they sacrifice a lot. You know, they sacrifice their, a lot of their personal life to do it. Because, you know, if they're on call 24-7, they're going to be getting calls 24-7. The, the, the nature of the industry is a Samaritan industry anyway. You know, you, you break down the side of the road, you're going to come out and, and you know help the person. They're very proud of what they do because they know that their industry isn't super well known. It's not something that people talk about on a regular basis. In the United States, the majority of tow trucks are owned and operated by private family enterprises. And that's always been the case, even down to the very first tow truck made by Chattanooga native Ernest Holmes Sr. Um, so Ernest Holmes Sr., he, he started the tow truck. He invented it originally around 1917, 1918, when he got the patent for it. He had a friend of his who had broken down, and he was basically stuck in a ditch out in the middle of nowhere. And he called him and he said, hey, I need you to come out and come get me. So he comes out, six guys from his garage, and it took them all day to get the car up out of the ditch. And he said, well, I feel like there's a better way to do this. So Holmes took his 1913 Cadillac and strapped several pulls to the back. And thus, the tow truck was born. And he patented his design, which was not only functional, but relatively simple. So they came up with the first records, but it was all hand crank. There, was, there were no electric motors, anything like that, but it was a, what they call a split boom design, where you would have one boom would anchor the car to the ground or to a tree. So you would have this cable attached to a tree and then you would use the other one attached to the vehicle and you would pull it up from wherever it came from. So that's what was kind of a revolutionary idea. And then that, that kind of just kind of took hold as far as wreckers went from there on out. He was being the original inventor, of course. The tow truck was an almost immediate success due to its simple solution to a problem which had previously plagued early motorists and Ernest Holmes started receiving orders from all over the United States. The Ernest Holmes company was quickly expanding. After he had come up with the idea of the wrecker and it started selling, he knew he needed more space. So he bought a large piece of property, um, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and built up a company where they were solely building wreckers. By the 1930s, they were building a couple thousand a year and selling them. Now for that time period, that was a lot. You know, that you gotta remember that back then, you know, we didn't have as many connections. So it was more of a direct sale kind of thing where it was like if someone in Louisiana needed a wrecker, they would have to reach out to get one. So essentially he, he had built that up from the ground up solely producing wreckers. Interesting tidbit of information with any of the wreckers, they were almost always named based on how much they cost. So if it was a 460, it cost $460. The 485 and the 110 were the couple of the first that were massively produced, being that you know one was $485 and one was $110. Ernest Holmes Sr. also contributed in a massive way to the arsenal of democracy in World War II. His assets were frozen for military use when the war began, so they were dedicated to building solely military wreckers. Now, in the time, time period between 1940 and 1945, he built about 7,500 of them, but most of them were used with what was called the Red Ball Express. After D-Day, um, when they had a supply chain set up to follow the front as it 
went through Europe, these trucks were used to ferry supplies back and forth from the coast. And uh, the wreckers were part of that. Um, they were used to keep the roads clear for the supply trucks, for the tanks, for the infantry. You know, if, if something was broken down or there was a destroyed tank in the road or a jeep or something like that, they were called in to remove them from the road. They were used for salvage even after the war effort when, when they were cleaning up from all the, the wreckage and everything. They would be out there pulling these tanks up out of the ditches, trying to clear these fields that were people's farms and homes. But yeah, that was, that was primarily what they were used for. Ernest Holmes Sr. continued to expand his business, building more and more wreckers and continuing to refine his invention to be more efficient. Holmes was also active in his community, though. He was extremely active in his Presbyterian church. Um, he was a, a, a huge proponent for a lot of youth programs and that kind of thing. Um, he was also extremely active in the local country club, uh, the Chattanooga Country Club. He loved golf. He would spend pretty much all of his extra time playing golf, which kind of ended up being one of the reasons he, he was in very good health for a long time. Unfortunately for him, he had kind of a tragic death. He was a young man when he passed away. Um, he had gone out and played golf that day. He came home, played a, a game of bridge with some friends. And by that evening, he was just said to his wife, hey, I'm, I'm not feeling well. And in a few hours, he was dead. The innovative company that Ernest Holmes had started would be passed on to his son, Ernest Holmes Jr., who would continue to expand upon what his father had started. After his father passed away, the, the man that originally invented the tow truck, he took over. And he was responsible for a lot of the growth of the Holmes company um, because his father was only in business for about 40 years prior to that and it was pre-war era, that kind of thing. Um, he took it from that and, and made it into a modern entity. Um, and, and they developed oh, probably a good dozen more models worth of wreckers. They introduced the rail crane, which is one of the, the first, uh, basically a wrecker for trains. So he, he was the, the leader of the growth era for that brand. The company that Holmes Jr. took over would eventually break records too. Records that still stand today. In the late 70s, um, <laughs> they had gone through a uh, time period where they felt that they would they got very involved with the Indianapolis Speedway um, for obvious reasons. I mean, if there's wrecks and whatnot on the, on the course, you need someone to come out and pick it up. Well, they kind of got this wild hair to, you know, let's see how fast we can make this record go. <laughs> so um, working with some guys in NASCAR and um, obviously, like I said, they had been in Indianapolis. They ended up going down to Talladega in Alabama and said, Let's see how we can get how fast we can get it to go after they had built the engine in this. And it set the, the world speed record for a wrecker of 109 miles an hour. The Ernest Holmes Corporation wasn't just making fast tow trucks, though. They were also presenting a business model based on fast service, just like the family-run garages on call 24-7 that they served. They had a very good reputation with the wrecking community, the, the, the tow truck industry, the people on the ground, the boots on the ground, because their, their priority was to make sure that you kept your business going. You know, these guys, if, if, you're, if your truck was broken down or your wrecker wasn't working, you weren't making money. So the Holmes Company at the time, their biggest focus was getting parts and service out to their people as quickly as possible. Uh, as soon as order came in, I mean, it was going back out the same day. Um, 
and that was that was a big priority for them, and that's what really set them apart from the rest of the competition at the time. The Ernest Holmes Company would eventually be sold to the Dover Corporation in 1973 for $15 million. But that wasn't the end of the Holmes family being involved and innovating in the record industry. Jerry Holmes, Ernest Holmes Jr.'s son, would be one of the first people to invest in the hydraulic wrecker. The Holmes family invested in a new idea and pioneered their own industry. It's easy to forget how important this oftentimes underappreciated invention is to millions of Americans. But tow trucks are truly the unsung heroes of the highway. And good job as always, Monty, and a special thanks to Niall Vincent and the International Museum of Towing. And go to our story on the Wright Brothers, because you'll find the same kind of spirit. And David McCullough does a beautiful job telling that story. The story of the tow truck, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Our American Stories, and now we bring you a story about Black Button Distillery in Rochester, New York, and what they're doing to help their community in the midst of the coronavirus epidemic here in this country. Here's Robbie with the story. Black Button Distillery was just about to go national, as Bobby Romano, their national sales manager, explains. Uh, so we self-distribute inside of New York State. We were really at the precipice of starting to get out. We were already in Massachusetts and New Jersey, but I had to get us prepared and ready to go for Texas and Colorado, and then right after that, Florida and California, and then after that, Maryland and Michigan, and I was actually in Dallas. COVID. Coronavirus. COVID-19. COVID-19. I was supposed to have the, uh, the general sales meeting to kind of do the launch, uh, with the distributor on Friday. While we were at lunch, I got a phone call telling me and the brand administrator that the, everything's canceled. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we thought of you first because you flew in all the way from New York. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> that, that was supposed to be my next, you know, four or five weeks ahead of me. You know, I basically, my trip got cut short and, you know, we were kind of like wondering what the heck was going on. <laughs> so um, so we went from le- legitimately like getting ready uh, to get to the like the really heartbreaking part of a marathon uh, and really ramping up and moving. Uh, and then it was just like everything was cut out from underneath us. It's what we had spent months and you know and in Jason's case years building up to. But thankfully, Founder Jason Barrett was able to prepare for what was to come. I mean, I think I may have been more aware of it than most. I say that only because I'm a little bit of a news junkie. And then being an Eagle Scout who is always very prepared, but also very try to be very rational. You know, on the on the early side of this, we started to make subtle changes that were important. We put off um, by a couple weeks some of our key deliveries. We had a little bit of time to to start thinking through it, and one of the reasons that's important is because our on the production side, all of our work goes through a three-week cycle because the machine. I mean, the the fermenters are alive. They have yeast in them that have to be tended. They have to have the right pH. They have to have the right temperatures, and not doing that for a day pretty much ruins three weeks worth of work. We were starting to get nervous that we might get um, told to stay away. 
And that's why when the governor called for businesses to voluntarily close, we decided not to wait any longer than that and immediately started to prepare the plant for shutdown because even, you know, you know if I make a decision today, I, I still usually need four to 10 days to safely de-escalate my production. Or you just, or I guess the worst case is you just pump the fermenters out into the spent grain tank and you're just out all of that money. Stephanie Barrett, along with being Jason's wife, is the HR director at Black Button and certainly had her hands full amidst everything happening. So I'm getting multiple emails each day about government updates. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's a full-time job just to read all of these articles. <laughs> this, is, this is insane. Yeah, it was, it was just a down week. We had no idea what was going on. We, you know, little to no information as to what we could do. Um, and uh, just trying to figure it out. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Jason started sending these emails and started giving, uh, all of a sudden I started getting these calls and he'd be like, hey Bobby, what do you think if we do this? <laughs> and um, I, I am not a stranger to that. No, Jason kind of is, is known for, uh, at least to me, known for uh, throwing out these crazy ideas. And so I kind of was like, okay, okay, Jason, we can look at that, you know, like, yeah, what do you need me to do? You know, uh, and that's, uh, and I feel like that's the thing that the entire company, um, you know, everybody kind of said, you know, what can we do? And according to Carrie Ryby, veteran advertiser and Black Button's marketing director, this turn to the unusual saved their business. I, I don't think we had a choice in doing something different. If we didn't do this, I don't think our company would survive. I think it goes back to, you know, a lot of small companies, if they don't change tact, if they don't change direction, when you have something like this, you're, you're not gonna survive. Um, and I, you know, Jason has an amazing survival instinct. He has amazing vision and forethought of the what ifs uh, that could happen in this world. So on Sunday the 15th, it will be a day that lives in infamy at this point. <laughs> I remember Jason being on the phone from like mid-morning, 11 a.m. Everything was operating pretty normally with, you know, a few restrictions like the sales reps wouldn't be going to accounts. They would just be telephoning it all in to four hours later closing the plant and three hours from then, he's like, yep, we're making hand sanitizer. <laughs> like, what just happened? <laughs> you know, you spend 12 hours on the phone. I have whiplash. I don't know how to track what just happened today. The FDA came out with uh, their temporary guidance on the production of ethanol-based hand sanitizer which was Monday or Tuesday of the week where we were in the process of shutting down. I, I honestly don't remember whether I looked it up or whether somebody sent it to me, but once I read this 11-page document, it was clear to me that we were uniquely qualified to meet this need in that we already have the equipment, we already have um, staff that's trained to handle ethanol, and we, we literally had tank, you know, we. We had tanks of ethanol in our storage rooms 
that were being prepared for making gin this summer. So even if other supply chains took several weeks to ramp up, I mean, we, we conceptualized this and delivered the first order in three days. And that was only possible because we had many of the supplies already on hand. And then we ramped up to full production about a week after that. So, you know, at first the discussions were just about, hey, you know, we're ramping down some of the day-to-day -day production, but we're gonna fill the time with maintenance work. Uh, so, you know, there's no changes. And then once we thought we were closing, we were telling them, hey, you know, we've got a normal schedule this week, but there's no work after Friday and we don't know for how long. And, you know, we were getting them information on unemployment benefits. And then by, before that ever actually happened, the production guys were back at work on the hand sanitizer. They're now working overtime. And actually just yesterday, we announced to the rest of our staff that we're calling all of our full-timers and a good portion of our part-timers back um, to be meeting this demand. We have four bottling lines running right now, two shifts a day, which is just not something we've ever conceived of prior to this. And you're listening to Jason Barrett, the founder of Black Button Distillery. And when we come back, more on how the team there and again, think about what they were making every day, and it was lots of booze, and how they changed their operation over the course of only three days to go from making 1,000 bottles of whiskey a day to 10,000 bottles of hand sanitizers a day. I loved hearing those words, what do you need me to do? Reporting for duty, sir. When we come back, the story of Black Button Distillery, here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> And we're back with the story of Black Button Distillery here on Our American Stories and what they're doing to help their community during the COVID-19 outbreak. We've heard from Jason Barrett, the founder, Stephanie, his wife and HR manager, Bobby Romano, their national sales manager, and Carrie Ryby, the marketing director, all of them telling us just how they made the transition. Here's Jason to tell us more about how they overhauled their production plan in a mere 72 hours to produce tens of thousands of bottles of much-needed hand sanitizer a week just to meet a need they saw in their community and in their own company. So luckily there are a lot of similarities. So for instance, for packaging. The very first three days we packaged in our normal glass bottles. So our bottling line did not require any changes but it became clear that the hospitals didn't want it in glass for fear of it slipping out of somebody's hand and breaking. The bottle we chose is 24 ounce plastic bottle, whereas our normal glass is a 25 ounce, which meant that the, the changes to the machinery were minimal. We usually only have two bottling lines in the building. We have a, a big one that runs a thousand bottles an hour and a little one that runs 200 bottles an hour. And since we couldn't convert the big one, the stuff we're dealing with is just too aggressive on the rubber. Um, it would blow, it would ruin the seals and possibly cause a fire. Uh, we have to be using the manual ones. And so then it was starting to call around, you know, to the other distillers that we know and beg, borrow, trade, even buy 
other pieces of equipment that they either might not be using a lot or are will were willing to part with. The water for all of this has to be sterile. We have a, a big reverse osmosis water plant, but it's only scaled to make a thousand bottles a day, not 10,000. And so literally we had to, we are now running a shuttle service between us and Genesee Brewing Company, where we're getting sterile water from them as one of our components. So the ability to you know, connect with others and put together this supply chain, you know, it, it's all, a lot of it's based on personal relationships that, again, that we've built over seven years. Um, I'm, I'm gonna owe a lot of people some pretty big drinks and or like barrels of bourbon when this is all said and done, because I think I called in just about every favor I've accumulated over the last seven years to do this. Yeah, everybody's been very happy to help and we've had a great outpouring of support from the community, you know, other businesses offering to help, trucking companies that are, you know, willing to move freight for us for free. Um, you know, we, we've, there's been a great outpouring of support because I do think people in Western New York want to step up and help their community. The effort Jason has put forth to help both his employees and the community hasn't gone unnoticed especially to Stephanie, Bobby, and Carrie, who are in regular communication with him. Ever since that Sunday morning, like he's, he's pretty much been on the phone since, trying to make this happen, trying to make sure we have all the supplies we need, trying to figure out what's best for the employees, how we can still pay them, and make sure they feel secure and safe. So it's, it's very much been a whirlwind. It is not lost on us at all that every single order that we take in, every single you know, person we, we get to take a pallet to help somebody out, yeah, is it helping them out? Yeah, sure it is, but it's also keeping our entire production team employed. You know, I think the hardest day for anybody who runs a business is when they have to lay people off because they can't control something. It was not an easy day for Jason. I mean, we were talking to him and a normally upbeat person was not sounding very upbeat in our conversations that we were having with him. And I think once he had the idea in his head of what we could do, it started giving us a lot more energy to do what we were doing because not only were we keeping our community safe, but we were also keeping a business safe. And, and ultimately that is the health of the community too, in some respects. You know, it was really hard to tell these guys that I've worked side by side with some of them for five years that I didn't have work for them next week. And several of them told me that, you know, that they did not have personal reserves to fall back on. That, you know, if, if they don't work, they'll miss rent and they won't eat. And knowing that unemployment might help them limp along, but, you know, it, it's going to have real personal consequences to them. And many of them, again, are working overtime at this point where hopefully they are able to put something aside. You know, these guys are family and I'll move heaven and earth to get them the hours so that I can pay them and keep them working. A couple of his employees all at the same time <laughs> sent him an email saying, we don't want to come to work with the current situation. There aren't really protective measures. We feel like we're being exposed. And it, it feels like you don't care what happens to us. And I know that really hit home 
that that really hurt and for the first week that we were producing the hand sanitizer i was monitoring the email account where all the requests were coming in so i know jason is seeing this huge need in the community and he doesn't want to sacrifice his people for the community but at the same time he doesn't want to fail the community essentially so he's he's seeing this need he is advocating for his people but his people don't necessarily see that because it's all happening behind the scenes because he's not physically at the plant <laughs> it's it's exhausting <laughs> it's training i know jason called one of our marketing people at like 10 o'clock last night because of a website thing <laughs> we're all kind of workaholics <laughs> But we, we all know that behaving in a way that will benefit the company, we will also benefit. It will trickle back down to us, even if that just means keeping our jobs through this time, because <laughs> that's, that's kind of big. Uh, and so Jason's like, well, uh, we need somebody to figure out the, the incoming emails. If you email that now, it's coming to me. I called it an infinite inbox. You would answer uh, eight to ten, and then all of a sudden you'd look up, and there were eight to ten more uh, uh, new messages that just came in. So, um, you know, we just kind of worked through it, and, and we we really tried to, uh, as a team, together, make sure that we got an answer to everybody. You definitely see the best and worst of humanity during times of crisis. So you see all the panic buyers and the people who are just licking deodorant in the store. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but then you see the people who are really stepping up. You know, they're helping their neighbors. You know, teachers are now being acknowledged for everything that they do and stay-at-home parents are now being acknowledged for everything they do because athletes and celebrities are not actively working at the moment. So we're starting to pay attention to the everyday heroes, which I think is amazing. The biggest connection throughout all the emails is that 98 or 99% of them start out with, thank you for what you're doing. We, this is amazing that you guys were able to change and pivot so quickly. Um, and uh, you know, the, the second thing that comes is, uh, I know the hospitals and first responders come first. You know, there's just been a lot of good coming in, um, a lot of thankfulness, a lot of um, understanding. Uh, my neighbor, actually, uh, a neighbor of mine, two houses down, both of them are doctors, actually one at each of the major hospitals here. And um, I got a text from them and said, you know, you know, thank you, Black Button, for what you guys are doing. And it was just... It's just nice to, to see, you know, I, I don't think we need to be overly applauded for what we're doing, you know, like we're, we're trying to survive in a lot of ways, um, but it's really great to see that people are thankful. I was talking to some other CEOs this morning. Some of them were asking about my life personally. You know, my wife is, is due in August. Um, we're expecting our, a baby girl in August. And so yesterday we got to go and hear the heartbeat and many of the CEOs I was talking to this morning pointed out how that was very refreshing for them, which I thought was kind of funny. I was like, guys, it's my daughter, not, you know, you weren't there. 
but their point being that that life is going on and you know and people are you know getting married and having babies and raising their kids and you know and, and as crazy as all of this is we will get to a new normal i don't know that the world will ever be like it was before this exactly but as a society we will adapt and we will go on and we will find new ways to celebrate those special moments even if it's now doing it all over zoom and skype etc and you've just been listening to jason barrett the founder of black button distillery a story about rochester new york here on our american stories I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.